Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday, and the pet experts are in the building. And it's time for the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on more compelling talk radio, 1320 WILS. Now, your hosts, Lee Cohen and Rick Proots. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-host, the pet expert himself, Mr. Rick Bruce. Good morning, Rick. Lee Cohen. Are you looking a little older these days? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> if you looked at me in the mirror on the holidays, my wife accused me of being uh, Santa's older brother. Hey, well, no, I wasn't thinking so much that, but I, <laughs> today is like the day of reflection. And I remember when you first came in our store 12, well, 13, 13 years, years ago. ago. 13 years ago. 13 plus years, it seems like. Uh, you were a bit younger back then, my friend. I guess what we have now? We have our 12th anniversary, so 12 <laughs> years of doing this stuff. Well, it's been an interesting ride, and uh, for those of you who don't know it, Rick is correct. Uh, we started broadcasting this show on January the 10th, 2010, and so this week we are celebrating the end of our 12th year of broadcasting and the beginning of our Baker's Dozen. Yeah, right. <laughs> year of 13. So, no, I, I don't look any older, right? Uh, actually, <laughs> you do. But, uh, <laughs> My beard is longer. Yeah, but I can honestly say we've been doing this so long that I can remember a period where you shaved your beard. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think there are many people who can honestly say they remember There's seeing Rick Cruz without a beard. There so. is truth to that. But, yeah. but, Rick, for our anniversary celebration, and thank you to the radio station for a bunch of doggy cupcakes, <laughs> along with a nice signed note from them celebrating our, our 12-year anniversary, uh, we're going to talk today about those 12 years and what's gone on and uh, what we've learned, how things have changed, where things were at, and frankly, where we hope things are going to go. So so I'm sorry for all of you, but you're going to be stuck with Rick and I talking today. <laughs> so uh, you'll realize why the rest of the weeks we always have guests on <laughs> when it comes to making a good show. But that's kind of what we've got planned for today. That's the recipe. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, and uh, frankly, Rick, I think it's an interesting topic because uh, when I first talked with you and started this, I'm, I'm not going to say you weren't well-known because you were well-known, but I'm convinced now you've become one of the most well-known and even celebrated local businessmen in this area. And frankly, the nice way of saying it is that uh, when it comes to being uh, either a fish or whatever you costume you put on, you've become, after Big Lug and Sparty, probably the third best mascot in the whole market when it comes to these appearances that you make. So, Not, 
Not too many people will argue that I'm a character, but <laughs> I don't know about that, Lee. You're stretching it, but, uh, but that's I fine. That's I don't fine. think so because yeah. I talk to a lot of business people and I can't find too many <laughs> other characters that <laughs> outrank you, but <laughs> – Congratulations on your success and where you're at, because the truth is, when I first met you, you guys were struggling to stay alive, and thank God you were located next to the best deli in all of uh, mid-Michigan, so it gave me lots of excuses yeah, to when, come when you, over. You, you must be referring to when we were at uh, Bagel Hall Deli in the Hazlitt Village Square, for yeah. anybody that... Kind of reflect back that far ago. The Bagel Hall Deli was definitely uh, hands down the the best uh, Jewish delicatessen that uh, I've ever graced. And uh, those were great days. Uh, and yes, I would say that um, back when you met me, if we were in the Hazlitt Village Square, they, those were some challenging times, uh, rewarding times for sure. Right. You know, we went from um, a store that was – 2,000 square foot um, and kind of scraping pennies as much as we could. Then we we uh, managed to at least fill the store with inventory and filled up so much we had to go to 4,000 square foot. And then we filled that store up so much uh, in a relatively short period of time in just a few years that we had to go to 6,000 square foot. And we were there at the Hazard Village Square until 1995. We started in 1982 and um, it's been a roller coaster ride from there for sure. Uh, things calmed down, I would say, as far as being like, you know, uh, scraping to get by and, you know, kind of having debts to worry about and um, uh, what, whether we could make payroll and those kind of things. Uh, things have gotten at least better from that perspective. But in this business, there's a challenge – Every week. Right. Well, the good news about that location was that you were smart enough to hire a relatively quiet but very attractive young lady <laughs> uh, who ended up becoming Mrs. Rick Frews yeah. and a uh, very smart move on on your behalf. Absolutely. Uh, made yeah. total sense to me. And again, a couple of moves later and uh, all of a sudden you're an Old Town. So we're going to talk about kind of the pathway that you've been on, the journey, and uh, as well. Well, well let's, let's, I, I think today I'd like to really focus on, you know, the, the radio show. I think uh, take, tip, take, take a hat tip to you, right, uh, just to have this vision and the idea to have a radio show. And then uh, the journey that we've been on, you know, I, we can always talk about the store and its journey, but but I do want to I do want to tip my hat to you and you know to the to the radio station for honoring us with a radio show now for you know twelve years mm. and um, you know it's unique it's different you can't turn the radio on and get a pet talk radio show uh, give it a try you right. won't find it you know you might happen to. Maybe there's something on cable radio. I don't know. You know, I have well, no idea is, where you could. But there uh, is, but they're always basically a veterinarian answering questions sure. instead of a conversation yeah. about a lot of other things that we talk about. But hey, everyone's got their niche, and I'm proud of ours too. But at the same time, I think that uh, hat in hand, we all have to be grateful for good things that happen because the radio station 
at times had their doubts. I know you had your doubts. Uh, I frankly questioned if I could even do this. And bottom line is, for whatever reason, people just keep listening. Well, we're still and, here. We're uh, still here. So absolutely. The axe hasn't dropped yet. But uh, Well, and uh, I don't think it will because, <laughs> truth be said, we've become more and more well-known as time goes on. And there are a lot of people who do like listening to the show. They found it one way or another. They tune in. They listen to the podcast. Now everyone has a podcast, but for a while there, uh, there weren't too many, and uh, it did well. So I, I, might, I might invite people. Uh, Chime in and tell us what you think of the show, even the worst of it. But uh, give us some feedback. Tip your hat in or um, uh, share any thoughts as to what, what it's been like. I agree. And uh, we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll have an interesting conversation. But that's what you're in for this week on the 12th anniversary show of the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show at 1320 WILS. The Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And, Rick, we're going to start our conversation today. Well, we pretty much already did, but uh, let's talk about the show that we put on the air and kind of some of your observations of it as well as some of the other folks because I remember back in – 2010 listening to our first couple of shows and wanting to cringe at how we sounded well, on the We still don't know that the public isn't doing that. So, <laughs> well, uh, that's why I want some feedback. Feel free to, to chime in. But uh, no, yeah, uh, inevitably, if you've never really done radio like this before, and I've no. never done radio like this before, you know, it's certainly going to be an awkward awkward type thing to kind of work through. But I think we've worked out our our um, difficulties. I think uh, if there's one thing that I can say constantly uh, Ray, uh, uh, as a friend, uh, Lee, that uh, um, we have a way, a, a chemistry of just knowing what each other are thinking. And when we're in the midst of a conversation, there's not a lot of tangling over each other. We, we you know, it kind of you look at me, I look at you, and we kind of move forward, and it, it helps the conversation because we're not, you know, we're not either trying to steal the show or we're not trying to let the other one just, you know, do it on their own, you know, and it's 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 kind of a shared, <laughs> shared sacrifice, you know. Well, that was the scariest thing that happened, Rick, because I remember in the first year, and again, I knew who you were, but I didn't really know you, and sometimes you would go off on what I always described as rhetorical flourishes. Okay. And they were very... Interesting. You 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 use words and you describe things different than a lot of people who I've known in the past. And at the beginning, I kind of was having a hard time understanding. And I'll never forget this. Somewhere around the middle of 2011, about a year after we'd been on the air, all of a sudden, you and I were doing an interview one day, and every time a question popped into my head. You asked it. Uh -huh. And the same thing seemed to be happening for you with me, where I was asking the, th the thing you were thinking about. And I'm like, 
petrified, oh, my God, have I actually <laughs> crossed a threshold to where Rick Bruce and I see the world exactly the same way because, frankly, it's, it's, we're different people. We have different philosophies yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah, and yeah. Frankly, it just made me realize that what my wife told me a long time ago in her business might be true, which is if you work with people long enough, yeah. you just get into a sync with them. Well, mentally and physically and i guess that's kind of what happened you know we have a shared mission right so the general public you know needs to i'd like to suggest needs to but wants to hear a lot about pets and more importantly everybody that's out there has kind of in their mind to be the kind of pet person that they've always wanted to be you know answering questions that they may not have even asked you know and um kind of exploring the funness of of keeping pets. And you and I have that same kind of vested interest as to, you know, how do we how do we do a show that there's actually, you know, fruit on the vine, you know what I mean? And so in order to do that, you and I have to be like-minded and we have to be thinking the same in spite of where we came from, in spite of what what soils we grew from, you know, which you have grown from different soils than I have, right. you know. But but the fruits are, you know, pretty darn similar, you know. Um, and we are in the same soil now and we're trying to make something good happen with the radio show. Well, um, it's it's definitely been interesting. And one of the first missions I remember getting on all those years ago was trying to get some of the celebrity uh, pet people yeah. in on the show because Lord knows uh, that's the challenge that a lot of people who have podcasts and shows struggle with is how do I get guests that people want to hear? And conveniently in our industry, there are a number of people and they started the first one I'll never forget. I managed to get David Fry, sure. who was the guy who talked on the Westminster uh, pet show every year. He was the one who introduced all of the different dogs and knew everyone by breed. And I'll never forget when he agreed to come on the show and you're like, who the heck is he? And we're trying to figure it <laughs> we out. We have in different orbits. Yeah, but, but he but turned no, I, I, no, out to be a him. great guest. I knew of him because that, that voice was is is just signature. But, you know, that, that has been one of the highlights of one of our guests because every time he comes on, you know, it's supposed – you know, the name of the show is Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Right. And, um, you know, we have the – the pleasure of kind of hosting the whole process, but getting individuals like David Fry in here makes me a better pet person, right? And it's nice to see both, you know, you can't get much when he's spending a lot of time at the show just carrying on about the different breeds that he sees there when you can actually get into his history, right? you know, and really know who he is and what he's all about. What a special treat. Well, and, and frankly, that gave me the confidence uh, to go for some other people. And when you think about it, whether it's Dr. Pohl or whether— Jack Hanna. Yeah, whether it is uh, the— uh, the, the dog expert. Yeah, uh, the— the uh, the cat experts, we've had the dog experts, we've had the publisher of Birdwatcher's Digest magazine came yeah. on the air for yeah. many years with us until, unfortunately, he passed away at a much too young age. But And, 
we even have some that go into retirement. <laughs> We've had amazing conversations with Dr. Beck every year who headed the Center for the Human-Animal Bond and just incredible conversations with a number of people who are widely known and regarded in their business and yet they'll pick up a phone and get on the air with us. One I remember early on that I didn't know if what I was getting us into but I arranged an interview with Laura Ingram who for people who are of a more conservative political bent. They know her now from her TV show on Fox News every night at 10 o'clock. But prior to then, she was a radio host, happened to be on this station, and we got her on. And I was so proud of you because (laughs) instead of taking the political shots that you could have, you and she actually hit it off pretty well because you kept the focus on pets instead of on politics yep. and yep. the it was so good to her that I'll never forget this on 4th of July weekend I happened to go to her website and the top story on her page was her interview with us, mm-hmm. and she actually took that interview, not just put it on her website, but she put it on YouTube for the world to hear, and it's still there 12 years later. Yeah, and I I want to reach out to conservatives and liberals the same, right? Um, you know, I I think that realistically, when it gets right down to it, no matter what hyperbola and conversation that's out there when it comes to the political arena. All of us are human. All of us count. And the only way we're ever going to kind of see what's on the other side of that fence is if we collectively at least acknowledge that we have some things in common. And pet keeping is one of those things. When I'm at the store and you walk in as a customer, you're not a liberal. You're not a conservative. You're not, you know, a you know, Old, young, white, black, yeah. anything. No, uh, you're you're a pet caring person, right. and we need anybody and everybody that wants to have a pet wants to have it for the right reasons. And we don't get to that point if we start with a sense of animosity. You know, somebody might pull in, you know, my own personal, not to get political necessarily, but there's a lot of emotion surround surrounding a a pickup truck with a uh, a long flag of Trump in, pulling into the parking lot and they get out and they come in the store, you know, there's there's emotions surrounding that because it's an emotional topic. But when they walk through that door, they're a customer. The, the, they are, you know, humans just like you and I. And I think that realistically that's why you and I get along well is that we can bring that, when we bring through that door, you know, we don't bring in our politics as much as we can help it, right? right? We've had, you and I have had jabs back and forth and we have some humor. We're friends, right? right? So inevitably we may have some conversations, but, uh, but the bottom line is, is that what, what I want to do, you know, what I want to do at the radio show is just constantly have the message that irregardless of who who you are, there is a tent for which you are welcomed in, right? Right. Uh, this is a very, you know, as a general rule, uh, 1320 is a relatively conservative-focused radio talk show, right? For, and so, well, the station, other programming is, yes. The programming is. Yeah. Yeah, it, to be corrected. Well, you know, I, I surround in, in, in my community plenty of, 
you know, more liberal-minded individuals that would look at like, why do you have this show on that station? On that station? And right. I'm, I get back to just what I told you there, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody is in this boat. Right. Everybody is in this ship. We all have life struggles. How we deal with those struggles may lend us to one, you know, tilt or the other tilt. But until we can level that boat out and get it to just, you know, float forward, the best I can do is kind of share the message of good pet keeping and know that that can be a sense of community, if you will. A sense of like that's one commonality that we can all agree on is let's have this community and that community is pet keeping and caring for those pets and let that be kind of the underscore that gets us to even better conversations. Right. Well, we're going to talk about that. But when we come back from this break, I'd like to talk about one of the events over the last 12 years that I think absolutely put you and the folks at Proust to one of the ultimate tests. And it still probably stands out in your mind today as one of the roughest things you ever went through. And that was the ice storm that Lansing experienced. 2013. I remember the date. And it was, you know, through the Christmas holidays. Well, we're going to talk about what you all did and how it affected things and kind of where we've gone. We're celebrating the 12th anniversary of the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And we'll continue right after the break on 1320 WILS. Hey, who else will help you get your pooch unfrozen from the fire hydrant? Rick Bruce and Lee Cohen on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show from 1320 WILS. It's 9.35 and we're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And we've been talking this morning all about 12 years of broadcasting this show here in Lansing on WILS Radio on Saturday mornings. And Rick, I'm going to take you back to probably one of the toughest periods that you've ever had to go through as a businessman because how do you calculate that during Christmas time an ice storm is going to hit and put basically everybody without power so that when it comes to caring for their animals, uh, how do you do that when you don't have light and you don't have heat and (laughs) you don't have a lot of other things? But you guys really made a huge difference, not just for your customers, but for people in Lansing. And I'm convinced that a big building block of your success came from the aftermath of how you helped the public when the public needed your help. I just want to say it was fortune that we were able to, because if our power had gone out, you know, we would have been in just as much critical care, you know, how do we deal with this emergency as everyone else. But, you know, the cards fell right. Wrong for everybody in the community, including it was difficult for us as well. But right in that we happened to have what we would refer to as our quarantine facility in back. You know, it's just basically if you're going to buy a fish, we want to make sure it's healthy. So we hold on to it first. And so we have like you know, a good percentage, you know, maybe 30% the capacity you see out front we have in the back room. Well, during the holidays, there's not as much available opportunity to get in animals. And it just happened to be coincidentally that our entire quarantine facility was for the most part empty. 
And then we we typically sell used equipment, right? And it just happened to be that we had maybe a couple, three dozen, no, no, maybe a dozen or two empty tanks that held water that could lay on the floor and could be filled with water. We have a classroom, and that classroom was not going to be having any birthday parties or any kind of event like that mm-hmm. during this crisis, you know, when people's power out and such, they were all, you know, we'd cancel anything that would be happening. School was canceled. We weren't doing any of that, you know, during the holidays, that wasn't even happening. So we happened to have the facility that would be open armed, having the potential to be open armed. And it's just a natural response to say, you know, bring your huddled masses, right? You know, bring bring what you can't take care of. You know, we we answered a lot of questions. We sold a lot of battery rapid air pumps. We got anybody and everybody that could take care of their animals at their home taken care of. But there was plenty of individuals that were in such a bad strait that those animals were going to perish if we didn't bring them in. And so we had uh, 30, 40 tanks maybe set up of customers' fish. Um, that uh, just brought them in, uh, no charge, please, just bring them in. Um, we also had uh, the classroom filled with uh, essentially people's reptiles. You know, reptiles and small animals. Right. You know, they there were situations where they need the heat. They don't have any heat. They need to bring them in somewhere. So, you know, it was it was a triage unit for sure. And uh, yeah, I'm proud of the fact that you know our entire staff family and friends and everyone included, made that happen, right? Made the decision collectively that this is what we can do. We weren't going to be waiting on customers, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It's just, it it was a no-brainer. Well, like I say, it was an extraordinary feat, and uh, I think it helped build your staff up and build your business up. And then, uh, frankly, I would say after that, the next biggest amazement that I watched you guys pull off was in 2020 when all of a sudden COVID came in and all of a sudden businesses were shutting down and people were figuring out ways and you immediately went to work figuring out how do we set up a carry-out curbside business. (laughs) In the the pet business, that isn't that easy. You know, I can tell you that. But, uh, you know, again, family, friends, and all the employees kind of chipped in to make that happen. And, um, you know, my hat's off to everybody that did. It was a substantial amount of sacrifice for everybody because we all had to work, you know, four times harder to make it happen. And um, uh, we realized right then that um, there's a lot of people that need crickets and mealworms and bugs and such, because that's the one thing when that stops happening. When you have dry food that you can feed your fish, you know, you can buy a good size can and be done with it, right? But but live crickets, for instance, you need to come by on a weekly or every other week basis and get those. So, you know, the first thing we had to figure out is how could we set up a, an access to that animal? And, and we put them online, you know, you could order them online and pick them up at the door. Um, it also was uh, one of those situations where employees showed their mettle, right? I would most, nearly all of my staff members rose to the, the occasion and, and kind of stepped up. I can remember I had one staff member that, you know, before COVID, you know, she and I would challenge each other. 
And it seemed like, you know, she didn't necessarily always want to wait on the customers that were difficult and uh, issues like that. But I'll tell you what, when COVID came and when it hit to the metal, I can't think of an employee that was any more substantially able to step in and do whatever the situation called for. And uh, it just reminds me that, you know, people are more than what you see in them, you know, and and also with COVID, we learned that people are more than we ever expected to be. You know, we, we pulled together for the most part as a community, Lansing, as a community, pet store, as a community, for the most part, as a country, a good number of us did and kind of chipped in and tried to figure out how to make it work. And uh, we got through it, but it was, it was tough. And uh, we had two months there where we weren't closed down, but there was certainly no money coming in the door mm-hmm. and we had a full staff. That's the one thing that you don't realize. We, we sport, you know, 60 employees during that time, we still sported 60 employees, but the, 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 the money coming in for that, it created quite a bit of anxiety because there was no money coming in. You, right. you don't make money off of cur- curbside st- service. I can tell you that. No, but a lot of animals lived because of that. A lot of animals continued because of that. And we were able to help them out. And, uh, my hat's off to all the staff members that uh, really chipped in and, uh, and the perseverance of all our, our customers. Well, what amazed me about both of those incidences was that no matter what was going on outside of your business, you still managed to make it in here and to broadcast shows and to help book guests and to do all of the things that you've done with this. And to me, that's where determination and people can do extraordinary things when they want to do them. Well, it's twice and as important. I was, I was very Twice grateful. as important. Twice as important because um, – well, one, people were at home more with their pets. Right. And you and I both know, you know, it became a different environment, a different society. You oh, know, more but, people had gotten pets, but we need to make sure that they're going to be the right kind of pet owner. Right. More people were with their pets with different problems and such. And to have people on the radio that could talk about those problems and if nothing else, vent out any potential issues that they might be having or give people direction on where to go to solve those problems. It was twice as important as pre-COVID. Right. Well, like I said, it, it made a big difference. And the good news was when you couldn't be here, we've had a number of other sponsors mm-hmm. of this show who've been with us over the years. And frankly, they were willing to come in and sit in the Rick Proust seat, uh, especially after your regular fill-in host, your daughter, Kerbay, <laughs> who has probably done... 50 shows over the years with me and does a terrific job. She finally reached a point where she couldn't concentrate on that because she had other things going on in her life. Now, especially being the mom of the year, uh, (laughs) which she pretty much has been in raising your first granddaughter. But I just think that it's been, it was an extraordinary effort And for people who don't realize, this is something you do alongside of the day job. And I want people to understand the day job isn't just waving to people who come in the door. Uh, There's a lot of responsibility. Tip hat to Janice from uh, Doggy Daycare and Spa. She's uh, 
always been a trooper, always been there. Whenever you, whenever anything came up that she could help us out with, um, including an empty seat here, she jumped to the occasion and always provides with her past history and in broadcast mm-hmm. before she became this, you know, great pet public person that, right. that really helps, again, people out in a big way because where would you go with your pet if she wasn't around? Right. You know, she tipped, tipped my hat to her. Well, there's no question. And it's what's made it something worth listening to on a Saturday morning. And that's what we're going to continue with in the next segment right here on 1320 WILS. It's the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. We're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we've been talking this morning all about 12 years of broadcasting this show on the air, on this radio station. And, Rick, I think one of the best things that has come from this show and that has kept it on the air is the great local people who we've had a chance to talk to and to talk about on the show. And one of the first ones that comes to my mind that I just have to acknowledge what a superstar she is, and that's Julia Palmer, now Julia Wilson, who has been just a phenomenal part of this community over at Capital Area Humane Society. She was on with us our first year, and she has been on with us every year since then, and she is always a good guest. Yeah. You know, we have these places in our community, facilities, right, that we know as an a humane society. We know as animal control, but do we really know them, right? You know, what are their objectives? You know, what are their daily trials and tribulations that they have to deal with? (coughs) Um, You know, we're in our home. We know they're there, but many of us, most of us never have to interact with those kind of uh, critical services that are out there. But, But when you can sit down for an hour and have that conversation with Julia, or in the case of uh, animal control, yeah, with uh, Heidi Williams, Heidi, yeah. um, you know that's that's kind of the I gain a sense of pride and and feeling of purpose for the show when we can do that because when you hear radio uh, news or newspaper news or however or online news about some crisis like hoarding situation or um, even financial difficulties or changing of uh, who's in control or in charge of these things. You know, the fact that we can sit down for an hour and just have a conversation with Julia, it's been just always enlightening. And we've actually, with them, she's been able to um, commandeer, if you will, the, the through some very interesting times. When we started the show, their facility was average, you know, kind of both typical. Both of them, animal tip, control both of them. And, and Typical, if not in some case, I would have to say with animal control, maybe subpar. Right. They would be self-admitting of that. And with uh, Humane Society, as their mission in the community has changed, uh, it's become bigger. And so if a facility that was designed, you know, 
decades ago, a lot had to happen, and they've put millions and millions of dollars into that facility. And we're able to sit down with Julia as that happens, real right. live time, and right. talk about those changes. And now the community has a better appreciation and an understanding of what it is that's out there. Because I could easily see without enough conversation in the community, you wouldn't even know that existed. Right. And so that's kind of the thing that's nice about the radio show is you can just – it's not a headline. It's a story. Right. Well, and there's no question both Animal Control and Humane Society have grown in their missions while uh, we've been on the air. Another thing, though, Rick, that has been a godsend for us has been access to a lot of local veterinarians who have been absolutely outstanding. Uh, Virtually all of them have come from an MSU background, although for whatever reason, uh, we've also done well with both Purdue and Ohio State (laughs) veterinarians as well who have been on the show with us. But it makes such a big difference. I mean, I'll go back to the show we aired last week as a best of, which was about the dogs dying in northern Michigan. And we got access to the person at MSU who was doing the research and actually could speak out about, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I know at this point. I mean, usually our goal is not to be the news source on what's happening in the world. We're more of a feature. Mm-hmm. But we've had access to people that can give us the news. Yeah. And uh, if there's anything that can be aggravating, you know, I've been interviewed under certain circumstances by the news uh, for a story of whatever kind. And you're thinking you tell them all this great pontification that's important and helpful for their particular story, you right. know, whether it's an emergency or of any kind. And then when the news happens, they only have – you know, 30 seconds. Right. And that's what's kind of beautiful about this show is we have an hour. No hurry. Let's just talk about it in a thorough way. And so when people leave after listening to our show, they aren't getting an impression. They're getting the story and they're getting an understanding of what that crisis was really all about. Because the headlines were sensational, right? But in actuality, what they found out, it was a disease that has inflicted dogs for a long, long time. Right. Parvo. It's right. just it. they were having a hard time identifying it as that because the the simple test kits that they had, uh, I think it's called in situ, uh, you know, kind of there on location. Right. Uh, was not effective enough at picking up the problem. But when they finally sent it over to MSU, that's where this lady came involved. You know, they were able to really provide a lot of, illumination as to the problem. And maybe somebody just heard, you know, the news flash of this new rare disease coming from who knows what that's going to kill all our dogs. That's what they may have, you know, pre kind of like sorted out and thought the emotions. And if they were just sitting down to our show, then they would then be able to calm down, understand that this is what it is. It's a serious issue, especially for those who lost their dog. But it's, a, but it's a different perspective. Well, what also has just made a huge difference 
It's great having MSU Vet School in this area. There's no doubt about it. All the vets who have located here have been great. But another advantage that we've got is that we have access to all the people who work for the state of Michigan. And there are a lot of people who work for the state of Mm -hmm. Michigan in areas related to animals and agriculture. Mm -hmm. And they affect the process. And we've managed to get everybody up to and including the state veterinarian uh, on our show to talk about things that are going on. But when we want to talk about what's going on in the Great Lakes and how have we been able to uh, repopulate the salmon and everything else that's going on, we get that access because we're in Lansing. Yeah, for what it's worth, uh, hats off always to Dr. Tanner. Uh, just a you know in Michigan a Michigan hero. Oh, he's uh, he's my hero. Look look him up, read about him. He's just really fantastic. But he was the one that came up with, you know, kind of a solution to the, you know, tremendous number of owl wives that were just loading the shores and um, and brought a, an entire fishing industry to to our lakes uh, in the in the case of salmon. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't happen if it wasn't for him. So. Well, and to get a chance to meet him and to talk to him a few times like we've had the chance, to me, that's what makes shows like this useful because don't get me wrong, I love calling up and being able to ask a vet questions to try and understand what's going on with my dog. But at the same time, to get to know the people that are behind all of this to me is extraordinary. And that's something I give you credit for because it's something you taught me when we were doing interviews and I was being very mechanical, you would always ask the question, tell me about your journey. Tell me about how you got started on this whole thing. And it made me realize that, you know, just knowing the facts doesn't tell you the story nearly as well as understanding the people who are a part of the story. And thank you for that because I learned that from you. Yeah, pet keeping is a human interest story and more importantly, interest in the human, right? Um, when we talked about, when we talked about um, uh, human-animal bond, that's honestly where it's at. You know, I'll just state it point blank. My my appreciation for pets is there and substantial. My appreciation for humans and their interaction with their pets and what pets bring to the day-to-day life of that human, that's kind of 100% the energy that drives me. And that's why I want to know these people, kind of where did they come from? Who are they? Right. What, you know, what compassions do they have that people need to know about? Well, if you want to hear some of these past episodes, if this is uh, kind of tilted your way, you can find them on the podcast uh, site on the WILS site. There's also some on Bruce Pets website as well. And you can always listen every Saturday. But Rick, I'm sorry to say it. I say it every week, but it's true even this week. I'm afraid we're out of time. So on behalf of our producer, Bruce Warner, and uh, you, my co-host, this is Lee Cohen, thanking all of you for your listenership over the last 12 years. We hope you'll continue to listen next week and every week throughout year 13 as we bring you the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. So thank you all for listening, and please, please take good care of your pets. Have a great week, everyone.